considered a real honor and privilege coming into your home. And periodically, we uplift people in prayer. When lift lift up Mike and Tina, they're going to be unable to be with us this morning. Keep Peter's your family and your thoughts and prayers. Janet was. Uh, I've been a little disoriented in the last few days, and that children check on uh, me and Barb. They made a decision to go to Maple Grove, and they discovered a UTI, kidney failure, and possible dialysis. So just, we're just waiting for an update on that situation. I talked with them just a minute or so ago. So do keep my continue in your thoughts and prayers. And, Paul Pearson was planning to coming next weekend and he might rush him here this week. And also, Melissa, any updates? Um, Chris? Do it better. Better. Well, even Thank God. Praise the Lord. Is she still at Rochester? Yes, Mayo. Mayo, Mayo, Rochester. And, and our daughter, old Carrie, is certainly in need prayer and around the National River family and you've got some prayers and numerous other families that may be in prayer. At this time, let us turn to our opening hymn to God be the glory of purple and Yede. Old Cherry Hudson, our youngest child, keep this entire family in our thoughts and prayers and know that God is working in our prayer lives as we pray for those and, and let it turn to our opening hymn of praise this morning as we gather as a congregation to worship the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all creatures of our God and King, written in those number 59, verses 1 and 3 and 5, please. If you've been seated, oh God, you may want to stand.
Coliseum to the honor and glory of God at the anniversary of Darwin. Marilyn Warden, and it's 60, how many years now? Ooh, 62. 62. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all consecutive years. Yeah, Ray Hinnell's number 59. Or purple, Ray. Purple, Ray's number 143. Die bird, die bird. Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52, and 
reminds of the importance of fellowship as we've learned in our Sunday school class today. We need to get together and, and worship and share the needs of one another as we uplift Melissa, Chris Larson's daughter, and thank you, Father, for having your hand upon her and her specialists, caregivers at Rochester. Pray for Janet Peterson and Mabel Grohl. Pray for our daughter, Old Carrie. We also pray for those by way of television who can reach out at this time as we gather as a fellowship. Pray for Tina, too, and Mike, as Mike's taking care of Tina at home and the challenges they face. Pray that they may discover their, their keys and there's the trauma of having to share a vehicle coming and going in life. We thank you for those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, especially surrounding Darwin and Maryland as they enter into another year blessed marriage. We pray that you continue to grant them health and blessings and their children. We thank you, Father, that we can come in the midst of a very chaotic world, a world that seems to be concerned more with the climate as king than Jesus as king. Maybe we should say it, it's a God environmentalism. As we come up religion, people enthusiastically worship Mother Earth and stop at God the Father. There's been a 50-year process that officially began in the early 70s, Earth Day, and they left the site that anyone who's disrespectful, the Earth is a suspect. We are called to be caregivers, too, of one another's property. But so far, how will we go? Many voices are warning of climate lockdowns coming in 2023. The climate change lockdowns are here, and if people don't respond very strongly to this, it is likely that we will soon see similar measures implemented all over the Western world. The elite have always promised to do whatever it takes to fight. Now we are finding out that they weren't getting. We pray, Father, your blessings now upon remaining of our service as we reach out to you and ask your blessing upon our scripture. Scripture taken from chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Pray for other families that experience the grief and loss and the need of your healing hand. We pray all this in thy name as you've taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now take a moment as we look at Scripture, Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. I've always been interested in 
in people's lives and various circumstances that surround their lives. We know very little of the first 12 years of Jesus' life. We know about his birth, the incarnation, and then we have his missing at the age of 12, and we have very little to know about the next, they call it the silent years, the 18 years of silence. And here, as we continue on and move through Luke, we find in Jesus a little episode in his life. Reading now from the Word of God according to Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 2. The boy Jesus in the temple. Now every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. This was an outstanding conference, you know, of gathering and worshiping in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when he was 12 years old, only 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. And when the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents did not know it. And assuming that he was in a group of travelers, they went a day's journey, and then they started to look for Jesus among their relatives and their friends. When they did not find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem to search for Jesus. And after three days, they found Jesus in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking these teachers questions. And all who heard Jesus were amazed at his understanding and, and his answers. And when his parents saw Jesus, they were astonished. And his mother, Mary, said to Jesus, child, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father, Joseph, and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. Jesus said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what Jesus said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And Mary, his mother, and Joseph, they treasured all these things in their hearts. And God had his blessings. And then it reminds us, and Jesus increased in wisdom, like he wants us to. Increase in wisdom in years and in divine human favor. And God had his blessings to his word. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was Luke chapter 2, 41 to 50, and in this, it talks about the Passover. Passover, people think, is a Jewish holiday. Technically, it's not because it's a Jew and a Gentile, because the Passover lamb is Yeshua, HaMashiach, our Lord and Savior, who was found in the temple, and he was, when he was asking those questions about being taught his house, he meant that he was the Son of God, and he is going to be, he will be in his father's house. And also, not only is he the son of God, he is also known as the Lamb of the Flesh. Because during Pesach, 
you need to have a lamb that is without blemish. And the lamb that's without blemish is Yeshua, because there's no perfect lamb other than him. Also mentioned, Randy mentioned about some knowledge increasements. Kathy and I were at a conference on Thursday where they were talking about the upcoming things discerning the times. In scripture, we are told that in Daniel chapter 7 and in Daniel, the last chapter talks about knowledge increases. Look around you. Look how much knowledge has increased even from the past five months. Look at what happened from the past five years. Look around you. Even what we, even what this church is doing right now. I mean, think about it. Who would have thought that a church, a small church in Robinsville, is not only in the city of Robinsville, but we are global. We're hitting countries. Which, trust me, it blows me away. Because scripture says, in the last days, this gospel will be preached throughout the world. And every Sunday, we're doing it right now. I mean, we have, I mean, we're reaching people we never dreamed of. I mean, look, I mean, look at it. I mean, look at how much around you. And I'll tell you, what's going to come next is that ESG schools, known as environmental, which is nothing but control. This COVID was phase one, HS and Bristol, to see how many people will bow down to me. Sadly, a lot of people fail that test. Very few pass that test of resisting. And I will tell you the next thing is that there's a few things that will be happening during that time. They're going to do more harshly on Christians. So we might be more underground in the future. And you know what? I'm ready for that. Come get me. What are you going to do for me? I'm ready. Because you can't stop the word of God. And second of all, another thing that's going on too is known as artificial intelligence. I mean, look at what we're doing. We're manipulating, we're manipulating people's DNA. And it's been going on since 2021, known as the vaccines. I mean, look around you. It's really sad that now all this stuff is coming out and health problems when people that were worried about it were called conspiracy theories and crazy crackpot people and know nothing of what they're talking about. It's here. Next thing they're going to start doing is they're going to implement. They're going to start doing more implementing where people, humans are not going to be full humans. Their souls are going to be gone and it's going to be through artificial intelligence. And that was talked upon on Thursday's night's conference. And I'm telling you this not to scare you, church, but to warn you because we got to be ready. Because Christ is coming sooner than what people think he is. And we need to be ready for the pride of Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. I'm going to just step forward because I just heard a few moments ago that Mike was going to be unable to be here. So uh, we just want to thank you for that update. And many of us are part of a, a group either present or live streaming uh, very important conferences, kind of a forward conference. Many people live in a backward backward way, but as Christians were called to live in a forward way, we're aware of the times that we're living in. We can't deny reality, folks. We can't deny reality. God says in the last 
States is going to raise up a peculiar people, and it's not that we're weird or different. It's just that that we're dealing with a sense of weirdness and strangeness, and in reality, it's going to be looking um, as not normal. But just a few years ago, the things that are occurring nowadays are observed and you know, and so normal that you know we it's hard for us human beings that have walked this earth for maybe a hundred years or nearly a hundred years or something to realize that we're living in these last days. We need to um, increase in wisdom like Jesus did. These verses that we examined and read should always be deeply interesting to any and all readers of the Bible. They record the only fact that which we know about our Lord Jesus Christ during his first 30 years, his first 30 years of life on earth after his infancy. Many books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they will out with the infancy of Jesus. Just the first few days of Jesus. And then his last few weeks upon earth, his crucifixion and, and some of the intermittent things that consider his parables or life teachings. But how, how many things, how many Christians would like to know about the events of those that led up to those first 12 or the second 18 years that we consider silent years and the daily history of the house at Nazareth. I'm always excited when I sit down and talk with families as we make funeral arrangements or so. The things that I learned about their events in life, the first 12 and the later 18, Sometimes we concentrate more on adulthood. But we need not doubt that there is wisdom in, in the silence of those of scripture on the subject of Jesus. And if it had been good for us to know more and more, it would have been revealed. But let us first draw from the passage of the lesson for all married people. I speak to those by way of television and radio and Facebook and other means of communication, we, we have in marriage the conduct of Joseph and Mary. Here described. We are told that they went to Jerusalem every year, every year at the feast of the Passover. They regularly honored God's appointed ordinances and, and they honored them together. The importance of togetherness and unity. We talked about the importance of fellowship and especially being one accord, husbands and wives, believers together, raising their children. In the distance from Nazareth, which was the hometown of Joseph and Mary and Jesus, to Jerusalem, it was very great. In the journey to poor people, which they were poor people, without any means of conveyance was, was doubtless very troublesome and very fatiguing. And to leave a house, to leave a house and home 
for 10 days, where a fortnight was no slight expense. Certainly an inconvenience and an expense, but God had given Israel a command, amen? command that God had given Israel and Joseph and Mary was strictly, strictly obeyed in the importance of worship in the congregation and fellowship one with another in the Passover. And when they, when they went up to this feast, the Passover, they always went up side by side. Side by side. So ought it be with all Christian husbands and wives, they ought to help one another in spiritual things and they need to encourage one another. How we need to encourage one another is the times that we are living in are changing. The chaos seems to be so prevalent. Marriage unquestionably is, is not a sacrament. It's not a sacrament as the Roman, Roman church vainly asserts. But marriage is a state of life which has the greatest effect on the souls and the spirits of those who enter into it. It helps them upwards or helps them downwards. It leads them to near to heaven or it leads them near to hell. We all depend much on the company, the company we keep. Our characters are insensibly molded by those with whom we pass and occupy our times with. And to none does this apply so much as to to marry, marry people. Husbands and wives are, are continually doing either good or, or harm to one another's souls. Let all who are married or think of being married ponder these things well. Let them take example from the conduct of, of Joseph and Mary and resolve to do likewise. Let them pray together. Let them pray together. Statistically, we find that those who pray together stay together, read the Bible together, and go to the house of God together, and talk to one another about spiritual, about spiritual matters. And above all, let them beware of throwing obstacles and discouragements in one another's way about the means of grace and denying them to go to church fellowship or Bible study or praying together. And blessed are those whose husbands who say to their wives, as Elkanan did to Hannah, Hannah in the Old Testament, do all that is in thy heart to please the Lord. And happy are those wives who say to their husbands, as Leah and Rachel did to Jacob, whatsoever God has said, do unto thee. For Samuel chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 31, 26. And let us secondly draw from this passage an example for, for all young persons. We have it in the conduct of our Lord Jesus Christ when he was left, left, by himself in Jerusalem at the age of 12 years. 12 years of age. For four days, 
Four days Jesus was out of sight. Out of sight of Mary and Joseph. I remember in my small town of Eagle Bend where there were three or four of my friends that were unaccountable for three or four days. They called in the FBI CIA looked looked for them. They could not discover them after the first day and the second day and the third day. And finally they noticed the cooks, it was the cooks that I had worked with in the school, finally noticed that there were there were food and beverages that were missing in the high school cafeteria. It was assumed that someone was breaking into the school and getting food. Little did we know, to make a long story short, that these three or four friends of mine were going, escaping through the top door, the escape door on the roof of the school, and they were camping out there overnight and spending their days and nights on the roof. Families that were very distressed, but very lovingly granted that their children were still alive after three or four days. Not in vain and unprofitable company that we need to keep ourselves. Who can imagine the anxiety of such a mother or father losing, losing such a child? And, and where did they find Jesus at last? Not idling his time away or getting into mischief, as many boys of 12 years age do. Not in the vain and unprofitable, unprofitable company. But they found Jesus in the temple. Jesus was in the temple of God, sitting in the midst of the Jewish teachers, hearing what they had to say, and Jesus was asking questions about things that he wished to have explained. And so I would be with younger members of Christian families and all of us who want to grow in wisdom that we come out to our Sunday school classes and our, our worship, we daily read from the Bibles. We all ought to be steady and trustworthy behind the, the backs of our earthly parents and and God, because we are the temple. We are the temples once we accept Christ. And the Holy Spirit comes into us as, as well as before the faces of those parents that are here on earth. We ought all to seek the company of the wise and the prudent and to use every opportunity of, of getting spiritual wisdom and getting spiritual knowledge. Not being intimidated if we've been on the wrong track of the wrong party, of the wrong teaching for many years, but acquiring humility of heart and change of mind before the cares of life come on us and while our memories are fresh and while our memories are strong. Let Christian boys and girls, men and women ponder these things well and take example from the, the conduct of Jesus at the age of only 12 years. Let them remember that if they are old enough if they are old enough to do wrong, they are also old enough to do right. And if able to read storybooks and to talk, they are also able to read their Bibles, read their Bibles and pray. 
Let them remember that they are accountable to God, even while they are yet young, and that it is written that God heard the voice of a young person. Happy indeed are those families in which the children seek the Lord early and cause their parents no harm and no tears. Happy are those parents who can say of their boys and their girls and their grandchildren when absent from them that we can trust. We can trust our children and our grandchildren that they will not willingly run into sin. And let us in the last place today as we look and examine this scripture from this passage, an example of all, all true Christians. We have in it the, the solemn words which our Lord addressed to his mother Mary when Mary said to Jesus, Son, Son, why hast thou dealt with us this way? And Jesus responds, Was ye not known? Was his Jesus replied that, that I must be about my father's business? Can we say that first and foremost, that we must be about our father's business? A mild reproof was evidently implied in that reply. It was meant to remind his mother that he, Jesus, was no common person and had come into the world to do no common work. It was a hint that she was insensibly forgetting that her son Jesus had come into the world in no ordinary way and that he could not and no one would expect of him to be ever dwelling quietly at Nazareth at home. It was a solemn remembrance. And all we need to remember this, that as God, he had a father. He had a father in heaven and that this heavenly father's work demanded his first attention as our Heavenly Father demands our first attention. And the expression is one that ought to sink down deeply into the, the very hearts of, of God's people. It should simply remind us with a mark at which they should aim in our daily lives. And it's a test at which we should try our, our habits and our conversations around. It should quicken us when we begin to be slothful. When we begin to be slothful, it should check us when we feel inclined to go back into the world or those negative thoughts or those negative teachings or negative political parties have been convinced by the fake news. Are we about our Father's business? Can we honestly say we are about our Father's business? Are we walking in the steps of Jesus Christ such questions will often prove very humbling and, and make us ashamed of ourselves. But such questions are eminently useful to our souls. Eminently useful to our souls. Never as a church, never are believers in a church so healthy a condition as when it's believing. When his believing members aim high and strive in all things to be like Christ. 
Father, this morning as we regard ourselves, this age we live in appears to have, as Jesus did, it was an age that 12 years of age was, was regarded by the Jews as a kind of turning point out of the state of childhood. Let everyone deal gently with their son until they come to the age of 12 years old, as the, the older been teaching it. But from that time on, let the child of older, the child of the teens, descend into the way of living, aware of the enemy, the devil that is crawling and crawling around, insinuating the way of the world is better than the way of God. Let them diligently keep close to the way and the truth and life, the rule and act by which they may gain wisdom and gain knowledge. For the word so translated is only used in this place, company. It specially means a company of persons on a journey. We are all on a journey. An explanation of this is given in scripture, it's quoted by many theologians, it says that it was a custom in going to and returning from Jewish feasts for the men to walk by themselves and the women to walk by themselves. And in this way, Joseph might easily have supposed that Jesus was with Mary, and Mary supposed that Jesus was with Joseph. Father, we want to walk and talk with Jesus with every head bowed and every eye closed, those by way of television and radio and other means of communication. May we pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I want your wisdom. Forgive my sins. Come into my heart and life. Help me not be led by the world, but help me to be led by your Holy Spirit. Empower me, Lord Jesus, with your wisdom, with your stature, and your favor. In Jesus' name, amen. As we wait upon you this morning for your tithes and your offerings, if you be so kind and turn in your bulletins for our offertory prayer, and let us pray this prayer before our Offer for him as the ushers come forward. We have you for your tithes and offerings. Let us pray together. Holy God, as we present our tithes and offerings in worship, we know we come from a world that is tearing itself apart due to division. Even among your followers, we find ourselves shutting down, closing ourselves to those who don't think or act as we do. We need to be reminded that you desire unity and one mind from your children, not a church void of disagreement, but one where we work at listening in love more than working and speaking louder, winning the day. We dedicate not just our gifts, but our minds to the work of your unifying love. In Christ we pray. Amen. You turn in your offertory hymn, sing them over again to me. Red Hills number 222. 222, please. <laughs> 
Testament that you're giving God. We do bring our tithes and our offerings to you this day, and we can pray as we give them that you will kindle in us a deeper faith and a stronger commitment to the openness of our, your Holy Spirit. For we acknowledge that some of us have found our way back to you on our own. Others of us have lived a faith and surrounded us from time we were born and adult in our parents, grandparents, siblings, and spouses. Help us to kindle this flame of your Holy Spirit that in the world we might be set on fire with your love and compassion. In Christ we pray. Amen. It's interesting that it's being numbers. A story about Betty Wogan. Remember Betty Wogan? Just some 50 years ago, Betty King approached me in, in a parish at Earthview Rights Home. She was in a nursing home. She wanted me to do nursing home services. And whenever I went to the nursing home, I asked, you know, are there any hymns that you'd like sing? And Betty would always stand up and say, and Betty was blind. She was blind. And she'd say, sing them over and into me. And wherever I went, and Betty would show up, started coming to the Methodist Church in Bertha, request that, sing them over and me. And then, interesting, I, I left with you, I went to the River Falls for 10 years. But then when I returned to the area of Staples, Betty moved from Bertha over to Staples, the nursing home, and she started bringing the nursing home people over periodically. Betty would interrupt the service, and she'd say, can we just sing that, that hymn, sing them over again to me? I hope that as you go forward, you'll remember not only the preaching wisdom and message, but the hymns that, you know, Clarice chooses, and sing them over again to me. Any announcements that we should be aware of? Margaret's going to be how old, Diamond Five? Yeah. You talked to her before, um, what did it say? Monday. Monday's her birthday. Say we announced that it's 59. 